The gospel is found in Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all out and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day, for this time to worship, for your word, for your grace given through communion. We pray this morning as we hear you speak to us that you would give us open hearts, open minds, and teachable spirits. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Weighing the costs and benefits of traveling by train versus driving my car down to Portland for a business trip, I decided on train travel, which I had never done, but I heard was a really great way to travel, and the brochures looked really good. The train, however, was late. I hadn't anticipated that delay. The first announcement came that there had been a delay coming from Seattle and that the new arrival at the Tacoma station would be 
in 20 minutes at 7 p.m. My husband sat with me restlessly, having rushed to get to the train, getting there early only to wait. The announcement came at 7, delayed another 20 minutes. Groans could be heard among the small group of us waiting in the uncomfortable chairs watching the Food Network, wondering why they couldn't at least turn on the Mariners game. Another 20 minutes went by, another announcement, another delay. It was a full hour later when we finally boarded the train. Once I found a seat on the crowded train, we quickly left the station, only to stop about 10 minutes out. Apparently, there were fires in Tacoma, and we would be delayed again. And we were going back to the station where we had just left to wait. Ugh, let me off this train. I wonder if you've ever had that kind of waiting experience. Waiting has never been something that I've aspired to, nor patience, and certainly not long-suffering. And in that moment, I realized my own privilege at being annoyed at having to wait when so many suffer and wait for so much longer. So when I read this gospel lesson about a woman who had been sick, really sick, for 12 years, I can't even imagine that. Her frustration, her grief, her long-suffering, the pain she must have had to endure. We're not sure exactly what her illness was, but when Mark calls it a hemorrhage, we know that it had to do with blood. And a woman who was bleeding in that culture would face other consequences. Women in that day who were bleeding were not allowed to touch or be around other people, for they were deemed unclean. So in addition to her physical illness, she would have been cut off from her community even from her family. She would not be allowed in the synagogue, which not only added to her suffering, but was probably the hardest part of her illness. She had desperately spent all she had on doctors, such as they were in the ancient Mideast, and she found no cure, no healing, no relief to her constant hemorrhage. She was a desperate woman. And so when she heard that there was a rabbi who healed people of their diseases, a miracle worker, she, know that she knew that somehow she had to see him. Even if she could just touch his cloak, it was her only hope to end her suffering. So when Jesus came into town and was on his way to heal the daughter of a leader in the synagogue, Jairus, who everyone in town knew, she saw her opportunity. There were so many people around, surely no one would notice her. That sick woman, she would sneak behind the crowds, and then when she had opportunity, just touch the hem of his garment. And when she finally did, immediately she felt her body was healed. It was a miracle. She thought no one would notice, but somebody did. It was Jesus, and she heard his voice, who touched my clothes? She must have held her breath. She was caught 
She knew he was talking about her. She'd been caught stealing a healing. She could not hide. He knew, she, he knew, and with fear and trembling, she dropped to Jesus' feet and confessed all that had happened to her. But instead of condemnation, instead of shaming her in front of the holy, clean people and the synagogue leader, instead, Jesus calls her daughter. Daughter. He saw her beyond her illness. She was a daughter. Notice that that means She's no longer an outcast or just that sick woman. She's a daughter who's included, one who is made clean through Jesus, who then goes on to commend her faith and bids her to go in peace and be healed of her disease. It's not enough that she is healed. She's also saved. When I read this, I was thinking about the many folks whom I know and some whom I visit who are members here at St. Mark's. Those who are waiting for healing of body, mind, and or spirit. I think about my friend who has breast cancer and is receiving chemo treatments. She just had number 11. She's lost all her hair and she wears a wig. She's waiting for the news that she is free of cancer, a survivor. She writes to those of us in her community, the Crummy Cancer Chronicles, about her experience. And she says this, my spirits remain good, and I'm hopeful that when the side effects hit in a couple days, they won't be too uncomfortable. I'm sure the healing lefsa that I ate prior to and after chemo is helping. My good Norwegian Viking cells are activated in joining the chemo drugs and pillaging and plundering all those rotten cancer cells. Go Vikings. She feels upheld by her community. Often folks who have cancer or other illnesses feel cut off from community. And it's powerful to have just a visit, just a human touch. Even lefsa, along with a prayer shawl or a hot dish, can be so healing. I think about others who are still waiting for a diagnosis, for an answer from the doctors about treatment, for those who are waiting for a second opinion to see if there's a possibility that they might walk again, trying to remain hopeful. And I think about those who suffer from a mental illness, for those who are dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia and their loved ones who walk alongside them. Perhaps some come to mind for you. Perhaps this describes you. Oh, that we could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment and be made well. More often, we wait. This story from Mark is part of a homiletical sandwich. It is sandwiched in between another story. Remember the story began with Jesus on his way to heal the daughter of the synagogue leader, Jairus. 
who in his own desperation goes to Jesus, falls at his feet and begs him repeatedly to come and see his daughter. But on the way, the train is stopped, it's delayed. And while Jesus is taking the time to heal this no-name woman, he gets the news that his daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. But Jesus will not let death have the last word. And so he tells Jairus, do not fear, only believe. We don't know, we're not told what Jairus' reaction was, but we do know that they all went to the house and that Jesus took the hand of the little girl and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl get up, and immediately the girl got up and began to walk. Just like the unknown woman who had suffered for 12 years and was healed immediately, Mark tells us that this little girl was 12 years old. And she too is healed. Mark seems to point out the 12 years, perhaps connecting the two healings and reminding his Jewish readers of the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples connecting the promise made to Israel that the Messiah would come and reminding the disciples that he has come. The promise is fulfilled in Jesus. As I read the end of this story, I was thinking about what relief it must have been for Jairus to have his little girl brought back from the dead. And I was thinking as a parent and a grandparent at what lengths we will go to to care for our children and advocate on their behalf. And I can't help today but think about what's being played out at our country's southern border. Immigrant parents desperate to be reunited with the children that they've been separated from desperate to find out where their children are and when they'll ever see them again, wanting desperately to be reunited with them. Surely, God will hear their prayers too. Perhaps Mark connects these two stories to make yet another point. Jesus, can you come and heal my child? Jairus speaks in desperation. He is the voice of one who is known and respected. He can go to Jesus outright. Contract, contrasted with this unknown, sick, outcast woman who basically steals a healing from Jesus. One who asks with all the privilege and respect and one who is sick, outcast with nothing left to lose. Both come to Jesus seeking healing. And they both receive healing, but more than that, they receive his love and grace. While the community surrounds Jairus, the unnamed woman is now restored to community and is named by Jesus' daughter. Perhaps this is the takeaway from this sandwich story and why Mark puts them together in this way. Jesus' love does not discriminate. His love and grace and mercy is for all people. All people are welcome at his table. All people are welcome in his church. All people are welcome 
in the family of God as daughters and sons. All people are welcome to receive his grace and healing. And here's the thing. Jesus loves us all, and when we're tired of waiting at the station or we want to get off the crazy train, Jesus offers us a way through. Healing comes in many ways. It may not mean physically healing. It may not mean that your loved one doesn't die. It may not mean an end to discrimination today. But we have faith to hold on to, faith in a God who saves, faith in Jesus who heals us of our diseases, who mends the brokenhearted, who forgives our sins, who offers us his grace to live in this tired old world. And he has enough love to go around. And his love is enough. We are the community of faith. And we are called to be that healing place and to live in that love because the world so desperately needs it. So where do you see yourself in this story? Where are you sandwiched in God's story? Which character do you relate to today? Are you the woman hanging on by a thread of hope, grasping for Jesus him, Jesus him? Or like the synagogue leader Jairus, advocating on behalf of his little girl? or someone that you love, or perhaps even the little girl who once healed, receiving God's healing grace, gets up and walks. People of God, having received the healing grace of Jesus, may we too, like the unnamed woman, go in peace. May we, like that little girl, get up and walk and be the hands and feet of Christ. And may we take to heart in our own desperate times these words spoken to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Amen.